This is the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we're using scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 9 for Wednesday, September 18th, Jesus is Greater Than the Angels. Our memory verse... Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 14-16. Today's scripture reading probably needs a little context. In verses 5 through 14, the author quotes from eight different Old Testament passages. So there's no way to dig into each passage in order to gain context for each to enlighten our understanding of today's text. Instead, we will focus on the content as well as some assumptions the author makes about his audience that will help us get the point the author is making. And hopefully, we'll be able to draw some meaning from the text for our lives. It's a tall order, but I think we can do it. First, though, we need to understand what the author is doing. He is making a case for Jesus. He is arguing why Jesus is greater than any other teaching or teacher Jewish Christians would have known. He has already made a short argument in the first four verses that Jesus is greater than the prophets of the Old Testament. Today, he's going to start making the argument that Jesus is greater than the angels. To us, this seems a bit foreign. One of the catastrophic effects of the Enlightenment and the Age of Reason has been the denigration in our belief and understanding of the spiritual realm. We have vastly underestimated and underemphasized the spiritual powers that are occupying the same space as us, yet they are unseen. Scripture has made no such concession, yet most Christians today tend to think of angels, demons, and other spiritual powers as fictional. Call me crazy, but I think they are very real. In fact, the notion of other dimensions that has been popularized by science fiction is one I think actually exists. Now, I know you think I'm nuts. But I firmly believe spiritual forces are at work and even behind much of what is taking place in the world today, especially in the media. But let's not go there now. But the New Testament church held a very high view of angels. Paul actually addresses angel worship in Colossians 2, 16-23 as part of the problem. And while Paul seems to call them elemental spiritual forces of this world, he does not deny their existence. The Old Testament is full of angel references. The angel of the Lord is a major character. These angels performed many functions. They were healers, warriors, messengers, teachers, and most importantly, representatives of God. Their view of angels was so high that it was nearly, if not actual, worship. They thought of angels as beings that are much more powerful than humans and are able to do things humans could never do. Think Avengers. These were beings that had superpowers and could do superhuman things. Okay, he's comparing angels to the Avengers. He's clearly lost his mind. I get it. It's hard to think anything exists beyond what we can see, touch, hear, and smell. This is one reason why I think this is crucial. 
because the author is leading us on a journey towards that very thing, demonstrating our belief in God with our lives, regardless of present circumstances. Belief in the unseen is critical for followers of Christ. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe, John 20, 29. Side note, does it not strike you as a bit ironic that the same scientists and researchers that are looking for other dimensions and alternate realities at the same time deny the existence of God, angels, and beings that exist in other dimensions and alternate realities? Simply because the so-called enlightened thinkers of our day don't believe angels exist does not mean they don't. There are a lot of warnings we should issue about angels. Obviously, don't worship them. We also don't need to start looking for them everywhere and giving them credit for things. If something happens in your life, God deserves the credit, even if he uses an angel to do something. But we don't have time to go down the road of all the potential dangers. My point is simply this. Angels were a big deal to the Hebrews. With that context in mind, verses 5 through 14 of chapter 1 start to make more sense. So, he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say? We're supposed to keep asking that question as we go through the rest of the chapter. Which of the angels did God say or do what he did for his son? Which of the angels did God say or do what he did for his son? He quotes from Psalm 2-7, a passage that describes the coronation of an Israelite king. Then 2 Samuel 7.14, for context, read 2 Samuel 7.1-16. This is a prophecy God gave to Nathan for David. It was both about David's son, who would be the one to build the temple, as well as about Jesus, whose throne would be established forever. Here he is making the argument that Jesus is greater than the angels because he is God's son. His next argument is that the position the angels hold is inferior to Jesus' position. These quotes are not found word for word in the Old Testament. The author was quoting from the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which used some different sources than what we use today. But the argument is still valid, and similar concepts can be found in Deuteronomy 32, verse 43, and Psalm 97, 7. The position Jesus holds is greater because the angels worship the Son. People don't worship things that are inferior to themselves, at least they're not supposed to. And when they do, that's idol worship. The angels don't worship idols, they worship God. The next argument is tied together in verses 8 through 12. The author says, about the son, he says, then in verse 10 the author will say, he also says. So with these verses, he is making one point. Here he quotes from Psalm 45, 6 and 7, as well as Psalm 102, verses 25 through 27. He's making the argument, Jesus is greater because he is the eternal creator. Of the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. That's what God says about the son, not the angels. Then he says that the son is set above his companions by being anointed with the oil of joy. The author seems to be interpreting companions as a reference to angels. Then, the next set of verses talk about Jesus being the creator. He was there before it all began and will be there after it all falls apart. He is the unchanging one. They, as in the earth and the universe, will perish, but he remains. Notice that both the heavens and the earth are the work of his hands. So yes, even the angels are created by Jesus. How can the created thing be greater than the creator? It can't. His last argument is one of authority. 
the position of the Son is to sit at the right hand of the majesty, verse 3, where his enemies are made a footstool. Again, to what angel did God ever say or do that? The answer is none. Jesus is greater than the angels. And then he ends with a final word of comfort for us. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? The role of angels is that they minister. They are ministering spirits sent to serve us, sons and daughters of God Most High, co-heirs with Christ. More on this tomorrow. There's a lot here that we can't get into, but the main point is this. In every imaginable way, Jesus is greater than the angels. And, by the way, you too will have a status that is greater than the angels. Paul says, don't you know that you will judge the angels, 1 Corinthians 6.3? Someday, when God's plan is complete, those who are faithful to Christ will have a role in the future kingdom that we can't fully understand right now. But part of this life is to prepare you for what God has planned for eternity. Your life has so much more significance than simple existence. You have an eternal purpose that is much greater than you could really begin to understand. And the only way to get there is through the Son, who happens to be greater than everything you can think of. Jesus is greater. www.thejesushabit.com